Secrets filled with me, your host, Lucy May Walker. Kicking off series two of the podcast, we have my very good friend and fellow busker, Charlotte Campbell. Now, if you've ever found yourself wandering the streets of London, and in particular down the South Bank, you will have probably already met or come across Charlotte busking under the London Eye. I call her the queen of the South Bank because she literally busks there most days a week. Um, It's become a major part of her whole branding and what she's about, what she stands for. She's so passionate about busking and I was really keen to get someone on the podcast to talk about busking because I don't know if you guys have noticed recently on TikTok it has become very trendy to be a busker and it's it's weird because me and Charlotte met through busking we've known each other for I don't know maybe six years or something now um and when we when we were busking back then it it was almost this uncool thing um but now it's almost being recognized as this whole art form and um yeah I I I just thought who better to have on than Charlotte Campbell so yeah this episode is mainly based on busking we do go into other things as well but we go from everything from how to start busking to how can you make the most out of it as an art form monetary wise promotion wise and she wise and she just gives some of the best best advice so here it is music industry secrets spilled with charlotte campbell Charlotte Campbell, welcome to Music Industry Secrets Filled. Yay! Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are a musician friend of mine, and we've been friends for like five, six years. We're not really sure, but a long time. And, long, long time. And we met through the world of busking. Um, and we both busk in London, so I wanted to kind of base this episode mainly around busking. I feel like so many people message us both all the time going how do I do that? And it's it's not a simple answer. So let's do a podcast about it. Let's. <laughs> I'm going to dive right in um, and ask, how did you first start busking? Um, what made you get into it? And, and how was your first ever day busking? Well, so this year is actually my 10 year anniversary. I've been busking for 10 years this year. That's um, mad. Which is mad. It is mad. It, it makes me feel very old. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started in 2012. And I started because I I just wanted to get my music out there and I I felt like no one was listening. I had stuff on YouTube and I had stuff online and I just had no fans, (laughs) no one one cared. (laughs) And so I really wanted people to listen. Um, So I thought that going out and busking would be a good way to kind of just force people to listen Mm. because they'd be walking past and uh, and they they would hear me. So um, I got this idea that if I went out and busking and I had like my name on a sign and, and cards that people could pick up that, that, that you know, people would, would take notice and I would get new followers on YouTube. That was my main aim. No way. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, so, yeah, I, I thought I'd go out busking and um, 
I started busking on the South Bank, which is still where I, uh, it's my favourite spot. And I think Queen I just of the got South Bank. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Um, yeah, I, I've got a soft spot for it because it's the first place that I, I went and I kind of just ended up staying. And I think that's because I, I went down there and back then there were just no rules. It was, it was kind of chaos, to be honest. It was <laughs> like dog eat dog. I would go down and, and play and someone would set up like next to me and Blair music there like there was a guy who used to he was just a statue of, of Michael Jackson he would just like set up and just freeze as Michael Jackson but he would play Michael Jackson songs like oh. so loudly louder like with like a massive speaker <laughs> and it was so annoying and he would set up like right next to me and my day would be ruined so there were just no rules it was a, it was a bit of a mess it was a good just go home crying <laughs> often That's but, really um, good. yeah it really yeah it was such a great experience um but it really um it really taught me a lot about about busking and, and I ended up meeting lots of other buskers in that time um mostly like circle shows you know people who do things like escape artistry and mm. unicycling and, and magic and stuff um who would sort of teach me the ways and how I could sort of stand up for myself and, and they'd stand up for me and and yeah I kind of built my a little community down there of them and uh, over the years they actually brought in a licensing scheme down there which made it a little bit more like there was particular spots you could use and mm people couldn't just like play their music over you and things like that. So that, and that actually increased the sort of community feel down there because um, we, you know, we would take it in turns and share the spots and, and like everybody would get their fair uh, go. So yeah. When you first started that, so now we both have licenses to busk on the South Bank and it's like an hour pitch. Did you just keep going last time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I first went down there, there was no. Uh, you, you, if you would, you would turn up, and if the spot was free, you'd go on it. And I wouldn't want to leave it because if you went, even if you left to like go to the toilet, when you came back, someone would be on that spot, oh. and uh, and then you'd be like, um, oh, that, and that, and they wouldn't, and then they don't want to get off because there's no sharing. <laughs> so I would sometimes just go and just play and play and play until I was like starving, like dehydrated, like <laughs> somehow bursting for the toilet. Yeah, like. <laughs> absolutely like horrible conditions um but I would just be like but I, the spot I don't want to lose the spot wow. so <laughs> just play and play so yeah I'm really grateful for that kind of uh more community feel where I can like play for an hour and then go and get a coffee and go to the toilet oh stuff. yeah so, yeah uh, we kind of all share it now and, and we play an hour each um so license wise so I get asked this so many times like oh um oh you're a busker can, can I can I go and just turn up and busk anywhere and I know like we're both London based buskers so I guess that's kind of our area but we can talk about other places as well but someone listening to this that's thinking I want to go down to London for the weekend and busk um where can they busk without a license that is a great question. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I get that often as well, like a lot of messages from people that are like just coming down for the day to London from from somewhere and they want to busk and it can be a bit confusing. Um, London is like, there's a different license for almost every borough. So yeah. that can be like quite confusing to get your head around. So, um, but I would say that the, the best unlicensed pitch in London at the moment is the Tate Modern. So outside the Tate Modern Art Gallery, which you and I have both bust mm-hmm. there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really lovely spot and it's totally unlicensed. So you can just go and uh, you queue up with the other buskers. So if you turn up, then uh, someone's playing, you just ask them what time they started and how many other buskers are waiting. And then you get in the back of the queue and then you, when it's your turn, you play for an hour and then you can get back in the queue when you finished. So that's, that's kind of how it works. And with the queuing system, because I know some people are listening to this and be like, what, they queue for like three hours. Normally we kind of trust the, well, you don't trust everyone, but like you trust each other with your stuff and just leave like a, your guitar case there. Mm-hmm. 
as the queue, if that makes sense. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it's like the queuing sounds confusing because it sounds like you just stand you in just, line. Yeah. <laughs> like it just basically, you need to mark your place in the queue by leaving your equipment or a piece mark of equipment. Mark your territory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just have to uh, say that you're like state your like. Uh, intention to play by leaving some equipment which can be scary I know it's like obviously equipment's expensive or whatever so you don't you don't want to just leave it so I wouldn't mm. go too far but in general you can trust other buskers with your with your stuff but like we're all in the same boat we've all got you yeah. know lo- lots of equipment so we tend to look out for each other and, and look out for each other's equipment and talking about equipment Charlotte Campbell <laughs> what yes. a great segue um what kind of equipment is essential um for someone that's starting busking well personally i i like to use an amp um some yeah. buskers don't but i do and, and especially in london <laughs> some people like some purist buskers that are like no amplifiers but i i personally think you need one in london this it's very loud yeah. in london there's a lot going on so it's in order to be heard and also you don't want to like if you're a singer i would strain my voice to perform without an amp so oh. Yeah. I would recommend. Um, and I, I would recommend the Roland Street Cube for, as a starting amp, which is just a kind of small one. Lucy's making a face <laughs> at me here. I don't think you like. You don't. Not a fan. No. Well, well, I have the, I have the same amp, but it's called the Roland Street Cube X, and it's like I think it might be two hundred pound more or something. Mm-hmm. But I personally think that the difference between the small and the big one is huge. So if you're really if you really want to make a go of it and you're like, right, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it for like a year, I would invest in the the bigger one. But I think, yeah, if you're starting out, just yeah, I've, yeah, you started. I agree with, one, with you, you completely. I started with the smaller Street Cube and I really liked it and I actually ended up using it for quite a few years. But you're right. I think if you're if you're really committed to doing this and you think I'm going to be a busker, I'm going to do it, then uh, you know probably investing in the slightly bigger one would be a, a good shout, definitely. Um, and I think of a similar price uh, to the Street Cube X, which is the one that Lucy uses. Um, the Bose S1, I'm not sure. I think mm. it might be a, around the same uh, price mark. And I, oh, I use that one, the Bose S1. And it's really, really good amp. It's rechargeable and um, it's it's by Bose so that they, they make really good sound systems in general. And uh, yeah, so uh, that one, it's got like reverb on it oh, it probably does the the street cube x has has like reverb effects and things yeah on yeah it. yeah it yeah. does <laughs> yeah uh yeah um and it, i just yeah it's it's a it's a really good amp the bose s1 i recommend and what about the one that you that you have i so i i have two so i have the bose s1 which i <laughs> i use the bose s1 when i'm on if i'm on the tubes because it's uh it's a little bit smaller and it's easier to cart around but i have a bigger amp that i use especially when i'm in, in outdoor spaces that are a bit louder i i use the bose l1 which is um a actually a compact pa system so it doesn't it's not actually battery powered i i power it with a golf buggy battery see i would i've seen most buskers that i know have the same one or the one that they have to power and I just I don't I don't even want to touch it because if it broke I would be like I don't know what I'm doing yeah I I mean I um I see a lot of people also using the AERs which they oh, power yeah. with the golf buggy batteries as well um yeah and I was so scared of that at first which is I think was why I stuck with my street cube for so long because I just thought I don't I don't want to mess with this like a, a like a big battery like lithium battery <laughs> and then you and then you have an inverter so like so confusing but I think it's it's basking has really taught me so many skills because I actually now know how to rewire like I could I I cut open my inverter and rewired sorry it, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know. And I, yeah, it's like, so I, I can't believe it, but I, uh, yeah, I actually know how to rewire things because I learned how to do it so that I could rewire my inverter. Um, because it doesn't immediately, it's not immediately compatible with the lithium battery. I've actually got a video about this on my YouTube channel <laughs> about how to do it if you, if you want to know. So um, you won't find many that are actually just immediately compatible. So you might need to rewire it and I will teach you how. <laughs> I gotta say, I have no idea what you're talking about, but, <laughs> but people that are interested, they'll, they probably will. Yeah, well, yeah yeah but I mean you can get you can get amps now that are um rechargeable and like are really good quality but but when I made the change over to, from my street cube to my Bose that I power with the golf bag battery there weren't that many options for mm. busking amps I feel so old but it's like back in my day <laughs> there just weren't many busking amps it's only more recently that they've really upped their game in, in the busking amp world so there's a lot of options now so I would I would recommend getting one where you don't need any external batteries and you can just yeah. get out and play yeah. <laughs> I agree um one of my favorite things personally about busking is it is the best promotional tool that you will ever get and i, I well that's exactly. what you said that yeah. why you started um mm. so I, i'm pretty sure most buskers now get approached all the time asking oh were you singing at my wedding birthdays what can you do to kind of make yourself more bookable is there anything that you do like business cards yeah or- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I always try and have my name out um, and like a sign with my name on it and business cards. I, I find like I wouldn't want to go busking if I couldn't promote myself in that way. I think that's the the money is fine and, and obviously a lovely bonus. But for me that I always try and make the promotion the main aim um, so that, uh, yeah, I'm always trying to get people to book me for things or, you know, follow my music online. Mm. So uh, I have like a, a sign with my name on it and a sign with my Instagram on it, which if it's slightly different from your name, then good to have your Instagram on display as well. And um, and then, yeah, like business cards with all of my socials, email, website, anything you can get on there <laughs> to let people know that you uh, that you do uh, other bookings as well as, as busking. Do you ever get people thinking because you're a busker, that you're likely to charge hardly anything or even for free for, for gigs. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that think that like their restaurant would be much better than you playing out on the street, but like that actually surprisingly, no, <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> and I'd much rather be out on the street. I'm like make more money and I, I get uh, to perform for more people and a variety of people. Um, but yeah, I, I think people think like, oh, I'll bring you in out of the cold into my restaurant and you can play here for free. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm fine. Well, can would you mind uh, <laughs> sharing my favourite Charlotte Campbell story about singing in a restaurant recently? Oh, yeah, I played <laughs> in a restaurant recently <laughs> and they just hadn't, con- they they booked me. To be fair, they did pay me, um, but they um, they hadn't considered, I think, where they would put the music so I ended up playing at a t- seated at a table in the restaurant so my hand was like hitting the table I was trying to play guitar and it was just hitting the side of the table and um and also people were walking in and I just looked insane because like I just looked like I'd come into a restaurant and got my guitar out and then like I was waiting for my meal while I wait I'll just play a few songs uh, it's not yeah funny. oh it was, it was mortifying it was mortifying but yeah sometimes people don't really think through and I don't know if that's because I'm a busker and, and they just they don't sort of consider the value of having a musician so they, they mm. don't even think they need a space for it or if that's just I think it's probably a universal music, musician experience that we're just undervalued and underpaid usually yeah 100% um, 
Let's talk about TikTok. Yes. We've, we've, per- we've, um, what am I saying? We have both had a journey with TikTok. We sure have. And <laughs> I remember we like joined at a similar time, didn't we? And we, and were, we like, manifested. We manifested that we were going to be TikTok stars. <laughs> yeah, it's not happened for me yet, but it is no, working no, it's for not you. quite for me either. But I'm getting, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've both been busking for years, like before it was cool. And I remember like being that that person oh my god you're a busker oh my god I don't know anyone that's but now all my friends are buskers yeah and it's not cool <laughs> yeah no it's not and I feel like TikTok has made busking like a dime a dozen there seems to be so many buskers on TikTok and I'm like where have they all come from because I feel like there was a time where I knew all the buskers <laughs> and now all these people I'm like oh wow there's a lot of people busking all over this, the the country as well I, I feel like mm. I mean I've I am quite London centric I admit so I I often I, I know a lot of London buskers but yeah it feels like on TikTok talk that it's busking all over the country which is really interesting and I'm kind of uh, intrigued by it I want to see Leeds I think is seems to be one that um I see a lot so yeah mm. people that have started and I feel like it's a, a much younger kind of it, oh yeah it is yeah they've started busking just wherever maybe that I'm pretty sure they're new to busking mm. all the, over the past couple of years and what they do is they set up like there must be a tripod i've never really seen someone doing it um and they live stream their busking yeah and also like make videos and stuff and it's just people are thinking people really people go for, mad it. for it i know they love it yeah and i want to get on that <laughs> just you, doing it. yeah have I, you tried i have and i until i have so, uh, great news actually i well Ooh. basically i've been i've been live streaming a lot of my busking and honestly i'm getting like seven viewers six viewers like yes. like very Awful. very low low viewership on my busking and i'm like am i rubbish like people not interested what's happening i did i live streamed yesterday and i got a hundred viewers on TikTok, Amazing. I know. I'm really pleased. I'm like, I know it sounds very low to most people, but like, I, like that's the highest I've ever had. So I'm really, wow. I'm really pleased. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how, why. So I think I just, I think it's one of those things you have to just keep at it, even if it's mm. soul destroying and <laughs> nobody's watching. You just kind of have to keep at it, and it'll, it'll happen. So yeah. What are the kind of pros of of live streaming on TikTok as well as busking? Do you think at the moment I'm not sure. There seems to be some <laughs> yeah. sort of I'm wait I'm I'm yet to find out. Um, there seems to be some sort of monetary thing where they can send you like roses or something, but I don't I don't yeah. really know. Like people are sending me them and I don't know how to claim them. <laughs> I'm not sure oh. yet. So we'll have to see. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I haven't quite figured that that one out yet. But yeah, I think there's a lot of potential in TikTok and I'm really excited to explore it. I really like that. Yeah. Do you follow Liv Harland? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because she's one that like, she's been interviewed by the, I think BBC or some someone um, about busking. And she, I mean, I don't know if she was like, inflating her numbers but she sounded like she was making an absolute killing from tiktok interesting um and people people are loving it so mm. uh yeah i think that it's really i think what is quite exciting about it is that people do seem to be really interested and so it's interested so if you can sort of tap into that market i i am quite like intrigued as to whether or not this would be something that i could could do but i haven't yet <laughs> I haven't yet figured out how mm. yeah i have i have two questions about it mm. number one how many phones do we need to do because I know we both have card machines. Mm-hmm. So we already have, I have a tablet with chords to the songs I don't know well enough. I have my card, card reader up 
and my phone connected to that and you can't click off the iZettel for it to work. Mm -hmm. So then what, do you need two phones to be able yeah. to... Yeah, so this is why <laughs> I never used to live stream and I've only recently started live streaming. It's because, yeah, so you and I both use that iZettle card machine. So we're contactless buskers. Not take, sponsored. Yeah, but we, we take uh, take contactless tips. So with that, yeah, you need to have the iZettle screen up the whole time. Otherwise it won't work and you can't take payments. So I was kind of always like, that's gonna, my main focus should be the people who are actually there rather than trying to get yeah. people, potential, like hypothetical people to watch all over the world. So I've always just kind of been like, oh, I won't live stream because I need my phone. But I got a new phone on, on contract. And so my old phone was just like, I was like, what should I do with it? Should I sell it? And then I realized I could use it as my second phone and I could live stream from that. And so I'd have one phone with my eyes ettle up and my other phone, which I know is like, who? How many people have two phones? Like, I know that. Uh, like, I know it looks makes me look a bit dodgy, but uh, yeah, I, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would just feel really lucky that I, I had that upgrade. Kind of came at the same at the right time. So but like, sorry, the internet for your old phone. How do you, is um, it Wi-Fi? So or? I used to personal hotspot. So, you know, you can like uh, uh, use yeah, personal yeah. hotspot, but then I, that was draining my personal hotspot. So I, I got I got another SIM card, a second SIM card, a pay-as-you-go SIM card that's got data on it. So that's what I've done uh, on the second phone now. So I've got actually two functioning phones. Wow. Just so I can live stream. So yeah, I, th I think that for me, that's just what works, but I, I don't know what most other people are doing. Maybe they're not using the, the card reader, so they haven't got that extra issue, but yeah. Someone's doing well, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, just quickly, I didn't, I didn't prepare this question, but um, can we just talk quickly about using a card machine? Because mm -hmm. pe people still think it's bonkers when they see a busker with a card machine. Yeah, I know, and I feel like they're so common now, but see, yeah. people, still people are like, I see people all the time like tapping their friends, like pointing, yeah. and going like, oh, she's got a card machine. It's like, yes, I have, because it's the 21st century. Uh, what do you say to them, or do you just ignore them? So if they're close enough, I will try and engage with them and be like, yeah, it really works, give it a go, try yeah. it for yourself. Like, <laughs> like, and they feel so awkward that they that sometimes they actually do. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also get some people coming up sometimes almost as a joke um, with their card being like oh do you take card and I'm like I do yes. actually yes <laughs> and then they're like oh damn it <laughs> Julie have to tip her now yeah do you yeah. Uh, when we first I can't remember when we first started using about three four years ago or something I like, think it was 2017 early. yeah wow was yeah. it and then they brought in the repeat pay in 2018. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that was that. I just, that was the punchline of what you're going to say. Oh, no, yeah. no, I completely yeah. forgot that that was a thing. So, yeah, yeah so when they first brought them in, they didn't work. Uh, you had to stop playing and type in the amount, and then people could use them. That was really annoying. Uh, yeah, and then they, they brought a new uh, software out so that you can just set up the amount and leave it, and it'll, it'll refresh every time someone taps. Yeah, I would definitely recommend iZettle. I've not used a different um, card reader, but I think there's loads. Sum up, mm -hmm. there's loads out there now. So and and they're not that expensive. I mean, it's like thirty quid. So yeah, I would recommend having one. one. I don't I, know about little towns, but in London, it, it's catching on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say that there's when I I did a little busking tour of the UK in 2019. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I would say yeah, the, the iZettle was less used outside of London and people were even more shocked by it outside of London. Although I did meet a busker in in Newcastle that was using one, the same one oh, as me. Oh, nice. That's cool. But uh yeah, so I but I don't know post pandemic, I think people are carrying much less cash. So uh, oh. I think it. I think it's essential as a busker, and in order to continue busking uh, in this in the twenty first century, yeah, hundred percent. Like 
in lock when not in lockdown sorry i wasn't busking in lockdown in during the pandemic when you know restrictions were about i remember if i didn't take my card reader out i actually wouldn't make like any money because mm. it turned out to be more tips on card i guess because the tourists weren't here yeah um Mm. and like Londoners don't are like cash free mostly anyway like all the transport's Mm. cash free and stuff so yeah and then when people are discouraged from using cash then it's just gonna sort of uh, make it less and less likely that people carry it Uh, you also have a PayPal code or something don't you? yeah QR code yeah Yeah. QR code that people can scan on their phone and then tip me on PayPal or um, even put in their card details and and stuff so yeah I need to do that Mm. yeah I think it is worth it especially because like now people use QR codes again like in restaurants and stuff for the menu I feel like there was a, there was a time where someone was trying to get me to use a QR code and I was like no one uses QR codes like this is like tr- stop trying to make QR codes happen yeah. <laughs> like, and they're not gonna happen, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah and then uh, yeah and then like the pandemic is like that's really been the comeback of the QR code I feel like yeah <laughs> it's really because, it's really having its time have- what do we have to do? Oh, because uh, on the COVID tests and stuff, you have to... Yeah, scan the QR codes. Yeah. And also in restaurants, like, if you don't even have yes. to go up, yeah. like, you can just scan for the menu and everything. And then, like, to check into places on the NHS app, everything. So, I feel like yeah. we've got off piece. Anyway, you? yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about uh, QR codes. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, there's lots of, like, different... Creating different ways for people to tip you, especially now that cash is becoming a little mm. bit obsolete. I think it's definitely a, a tip I would give to buskers to try and consider if you want to make money from busking you need to think about all the other all the areas that you can uh, create income for sure very mm. good advice mm. um i would also say go to charlotte campbell's youtube um page because you've got loads of vlogs on all sorts of busking things yeah so. yeah i do make videos about about like places to busk and also uh, uh methods of payment and promotional mm. things and things like that yeah um do you think it takes a certain kind of person to be a busker I do think that, yeah. I do yeah. think it, it takes a certain type of person. It's um, it's it, it's it isn't as easy as it looks. It, it, like I know it does. It does look easy. <laughs> I know. I know it does. Do you like, think? I think so because I think people often think, oh, you just set up and play in the sunshine, and you yeah. know, it must be really fun. And it is. I absolutely love it. You know, you know that I, I'm a, I'm really passionate about busking, but. Um, I've met so many talented people, incredibly talented people busking, mm. but they don't sort of continue it because I think it, it like it does take a certain type of person, and, and you know it's not as easy as just playing in the sunshine. It, it can get really cold, <laughs> and so I think people who can't stand the cold maybe it's not it's not for you. <laughs> well, I um, do kind of stop busking a bit in the winter and then you went back. out the other day though what were you like january oh it's awful went out and, like, freezing yeah, yeah regretted it immediately <laughs> make no money either i was like why what was the, the point, point? <laughs> someone yeah. might have seen you lucy and have taken a picture of your sign and followed you and like yeah <laughs> i don't think anyone saw me <laughs> but yeah you were just wrapped up too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah it ta- yeah i also i agree i think it takes a certain because especially when you first start, it's it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think busking has changed me. It, you get used to people not listening to you, mm-hmm. which can be a really good thing because I think if you kind of transfer that into a gig setting, um, we've all done pub gigs where no one cares. And I think if that was like your first gig, I mean, like, oh, I've got this gig in a pub. like, And then you go, oh my God, no one, literally no one's listening. Mm. we're not kind of bothered about that anymore I mean it still bothers me a bit but like (laughs) I'm used to it um 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it 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 created it helps your ego a little bit. It I mm. think it can it can take you down a peg. To be honest, busking it yeah. can like because it can be soul destroying. And you do get lovely moments where people listen, but you get a lot of times where no one's listening. And especially when you first start, it like when you not just when you first start on your first day, but when you go back every single day and start your like t- first turn on your ramp. Oh, I think it's still a bit like scary. that moment when you're like, oh god, I'm going to make a noise now. <laughs> people, people may or may not listen. Um, yeah, I think it, it humbles you a little bit, and that can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, and also, I th- yeah, so I think if people have quite a big ego, I would say they find busking hard because it, it's hard to sort of realise that not everyone's you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that is totally fine. Even the most talented of buskers, not everyone's going to listen to you, and mm. you kind of you kind of have to you either get used to it or you stop I think that's the case and um I think also um it it, like as I say busking a lot of the time ends up being a community and it is about sort of making making connections with other people and you end up sharing the pitch with the same people quite often yeah so I think like being willing to be part of the community and not thinking that you're sort of too good for it because you meet all kinds of different people busking as well it's like people from all walks of life and I think if you can't get on with everybody you find it hard to like have your place on the pitch really and um Mm. I think I find it easy to go back and at each day because I've got I've made friends there and I I I'm, I love to see the people who I, I get when I get to the pitch and my you know all my all my friends are there and that makes it kind of almost like the office and almost like a work environment and it makes it easier to go back but I think if you have a lot of altercations with those people and it's difficult to turn up every day and, and face them yeah then so I think you kind of have to go in with a friendly attitude and like try and try and you know yeah 100%, get on with everybody like friendly but also have your wits about you because I think I mean personally um I mean I've not bust on the underground for two years now because you at the moment you have to wear a mask and I'm not singing with a mask on I'm no, sorry me <laughs> I'm not quite at that desperate moment yet but it <laughs> might be a time um and I found on the tube and I, I don't want to kind of put everyone in the same box but I found the people that I've had problems with um um are the people that have bussed for years and years and years and they're very territorial and a stickler for the rules and they don't want to talk to you they just are like right it's my kind of time now I think if you're going to be like that it's like are you even having a good time Mm, just like (laughs) sacrifice five minutes of your set to just be a nice person and but yeah so I totally agree I've had the similar experiences to be honest there are definitely buskers I find on the underground is the worst for it that are quite set in their ways and yeah they they don't want things to change and you know the underground is an auditioned uh, pitch which you and I both uh, play on and you know they they reopen the auditions and a new wave of buskers will come through and I think oh those, they hate it uh, they, they don't really like it to see new buskers coming through and you know and I can I can be commodionly in my in my own ways as well you know like all these young buskers yeah but in, in the same time you know you can learn things from the younger generations coming through and and bringing bringing something new to the pitch and I think it keeps you on your toes so yeah I think um being friendly to everybody that, that's coming through and and that has come before you is a really important lesson that mm, I've learned and uh, it's really helped me okay last question on busking what <laughs> is your uh, this is pretty broad but what is your biggest piece of advice for buskers both new and experienced buskers oh 
I, to be honest, I think that is it. The one I just just be said nice. about, about being be nice, like because you'll meet the same buskers, um, either on different pitches across London or the same pitches or all over the country. Like buskers, we get around, you know, and also a lot of us know each other, so we also feed back to each other oh, if we meet God, you. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, if, <laughs> like, if someone yeah. turns up and they've been an idiot, like we all know mm. who you are yeah yeah, yeah. So. like well that's because like word gets around so I'd, I'd say just be be friendly like it's a small world <laughs> and yeah. uh and the, and the, you don't it's nice to be nice as you say like it, like I think it it, it it boosts my mood to have an, a positive interaction with somebody yeah. and I just don't think you need to like come in with the with the sort of a defensive attitude like just come in and be friendly and, and hope you get the same back and, it, and if you don't then you know then you can then you can switch it up and become a little bit more yeah. um, hardened but I because I as you said I think keep your wits about you always and be aware that people might be trying to screw you over yes but but unfortunately I think a lot of buskers come in immediately assuming Mm. that you are going to try and screw them over and actually not not everybody is trying to do that and you don't need to you know to assume that about people so I think be friendly and go in with a positive attitude and be kind of um if you know the rules just stand firm on on them don't try and let someone to kind of make you question them I, I should also take a moment to plug Buskin London um, at yes. this moment because mm. I, I don't know how to describe them but they're amazing and any busking questions I, I, they'd probably get annoyed for me saying this publicly but just message them because they, yeah. <laughs> there's like get a bunch of buskers on that platform um, yeah absolutely and uh, yeah I, I would say actually yeah be a recommendation if you're looking to busk in London would be to sign up for busk in London as well like we're not we're not sponsored by them or anything <laughs> we're just big fans of them uh, and uh, they uh, they organize busking pitches in the train stations and uh, not the tubes but kind of on the concourses mm. uh, of the train stations and also just sort of public busking and performance pitches across London they create a lot of op- opportunities for people who are buskers and uh, Lucy and I have luckily been uh, given quite a lot of opportunities by them we're really grateful so yeah uh sign up for busk in london definitely (laughs) um right aside from busking you're about to drink out of your love island i sure am (laughs) did you time that i didn't know i just i just got a little bit thirsty um so yeah people listening charlotte has a very impressive career not not only with busking that's a major part of her career but you know, you've got your original material, you put on gigs and sell out gigs, um, you vlog, you stream on Facebook, Twitch, uh, social media presence. Like, you're one of the hardest working people I know. And um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I envy your worth e- work ethic <laughs> so much because I'm a lazy bitch. Um, <laughs> never, but, you never <laughs> Thank you, I am. Um, <laughs> so, th- no, last year... A very exciting thing happened in your career and you got played on Love Island. I sure did. And again, that came from busking, like it did, yeah. It came from busking. A uh, guy saw me saw me busking in Waterloo Station, which was a busking London pitch. And uh I uh I, I yeah, he asked if I had any songs that might fit on, on Love Island and he said he was a music exec for them or something. So yeah, I gave him my card and then that that, that was it. Then I was I was played on Love Island the following year. Dream come true, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really, I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah, I'm me genuinely too. Such a big fan of the show. I I binge it all the time. So I was um I was so excited to be to have a song on it, and I love the music on it as well. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I always felt inspired by it because the artists that they seem to use seem to be 
a lot of lesser known artists, mm. not necessarily huge, huge artists, but people who had like sort of similar followings to me and just small, small indie artists. So it was really exciting to be one of them. Oh, you got like three songs played or something? Four? I did, three? yeah. I had two original songs and a cover. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about, it was an amazing time. And I remember being so mm. excited because we were talking about it. We knew that it was going to be played on that night. And I, I was mm. like messaging you like so excited. And I remember it coming on and I was like, oh, because it was um, your cover of Mr. Brightside. Yes. Last time I checked on Spotify, that cover has got almost 200,000 streams. Um, yes, And that it has. is all yeah. thanks to Love Island. So people, yeah. people loved it. Um, but I remember when it came on, <laughs> we were all so excited, all there for you. And then you go, oh. Oh, that's an interesting placement of the song. It was an interesting <laughs> scene, yes. Tell us <laughs> was, about uh, the scene. <laughs> oh, I won't go into details, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, uh, I'll censor it. But it was, um, it was quite an interesting scene. Raunchy. Yeah, <laughs> it was raunchy. And I told my gran to watch. Oh, no. Because I was like, I'm, my song's going to be on Love Island. So I was like, please watch it. And it was like <laughs> handcuffs and all <laughs> sorts of things on the screen. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was really, yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting placement. Um, mm. And it, I almost feel like they did that because it gets people talking. It did get people talking and, uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. That, I want to kind of go into that if, if you're comfortable with talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people loved it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people absolutely hated it. They sure did. And they let me know. They were <laughs> vile on like yeah. Twitter and... Because, I mean, the first thing you do, isn't it? It's like, oh, my God, I wonder if people are, like, talking about it. Yeah, I went on Twitter immediately. They were. Um, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the first, I wasn't really aware of, like, the negatives because, obviously, most of the people that were targeting, like, sending me things Ta- were directly you. were tagging me positively. Mm. So um, I was getting, like, a lot of positive stuff. And then I started to get some negative stuff. And I was thinking, where is this coming from? Because, like... I've I've only receiving the like nice stuff, so I went to sort of search it to see what people were saying. I wish I hadn't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was people were just horrendous. Yeah. Like they, there were a lot a lot of people that just really didn't like the fact that I'd covered the killers. Um, they didn't like my voice. They didn't like what I'd done with the song. They didn't like the placement of it in the uh, show. But mostly the 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 hatred seemed to be towards me and my oh. music, which was really hard yeah. to take so yeah. horrible because I mean I really love the cover so as well like I, I know you. I'm biased because I'm your friend and I like you and I like your music but I was so shocked also because I mean I listened to the song I wasn't like oh people might not like this I had no idea no I was so shocked yeah. I it was the last thing I expected to happen was that people would hate the song or like what uh, what my my sort of biggest fear was that no one would notice that no one would you know that I would build this up and be like my song's gonna be on Love Island and me. then no one would <laughs> <laughs> well you you also had an original song yeah and uh yeah and uh you know it, I think well I noticed and Thank I loved you. the song on, on Love Island Lucy but yeah I think I was worried that like no one would care and like that you know I'd build this up and then that would be nothing would come of it but I I actually the worst worst case scenario happened and people actually hated it which was quite yeah it was difficult Uh, how did you deal with that backlash is kind of my question because I'm terrified of this kind of happening and I don't know how Mm. I would have coped with it but I feel like you did pretty well 
I cried a lot. Mm. <laughs> I really did. I, I I was so upset. I was. I just remember like. I remember just going from such excitement to just like being so crushed and it was so within like, like the, minutes yeah yeah and I think that like the disappointment of it also just added to it like it, the weight of it really so I felt like I cried myself to sleep and then the next like and then I, I think I responded to a couple of tweets and I just decided to not be angry like it, I can't be angry at people for not liking me or not liking my music so I just tried to come back with as much grace as I could and just kind of be like I'm proud of the song yeah. I I don't like I I don't know if it was the right scene for it to be featured in, but you know, I'm proud of it and it's definitely got people talking. So in in the moment I tried to just stay calm <laughs> and like keep any of my real like emotion and hurt that I was feeling private rather than lashing out on social media, which I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. Uh, like cuz I think I could have been like, well, F you all, <laughs> but I tried not to be like that. So uh, well yeah, done. um but I that is how I felt though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um and then afterwards you know it then it you know it stung for quite a few days after that yeah. <laughs> um but i um i really did try and focus on the, on the positives and i know it's it's so it's so much easier said than done but i did have so many positive responses to to the song and i had so many new followers on social media and so many lovely messages along with horrible messages that i just tried to any horrible ones i just deleted blocked Brilliant. i was like i'm not like i uh, i follow this uh, comedian on social media and he, and he talks about dealing with negativity okay. and he just says Who's and that? he says he's got um he said well, he doesn't really talk about it much but he his name is alistair green and he has this thing called bamo block and move on oh and i, and I like and anytime i see like something negative i just think bamo yeah bamo. yeah and it's like i don't care i don't care if they if they revel in my blocking of them like oh she can't take it can't take any criticism bamo don't yeah. care don't care about you Brilliant. i'm just gonna move on i don't like so yeah and that's made it just kind of makes it easier to me like to just be like bamo and uh, if that's if that kind of thing happened again oh god i hope not um well yeah. i hope you get played on love island again. well i mean the positives i would say that like you know if it did happen again i, I would take from it that you know I, I think a lot of songs pl were played on love island last year that nobody would even remember now but i think a lot of people do remember that situation and my song and my name and a lot of people discovered me because of the controversy yeah. i had people saying i didn't i don't watch love island but i saw this was trending, so I went and looked up your song, and I really liked it. Um, Gabrielle Applin actually retweeted my I song. I think in that. response, yeah, to the to the backlash, she was said like posted it and said I love this and like I love Gabrielle Applin so that was huge for me like it was such a such a lovely thing for her to do that and I had a really nice message as well from um, an artist who I love called Grace Davies and oh, she really? sent me a message yeah she sent me such a lovely message to be like I saw all the backlash about like Love Island and I just like your song and she was I just want to say I loved your song and just ignore all those like yeah she was just really lovely and, and it was really nice to get kind of a response from from people and other artists as well yeah. and yeah I had so so much love from other artists like like and I've got a lot of friends like you who showed me support so I just feel really grateful for that and to have like if something bad like that happens you know you've got people around you who love you and know you yeah it made me realize that I have you know I do have a lot of lo lovely people there are more people nice people in the world than there are, are bad ones I think and what's that thing about no press is negative there's no such thing yeah, as negative yeah, press it, it is true there's no such thing as negative press and, you know, oh, it as was I say, quite like, negative but uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I, I honestly think like that it, my my song is the most talked about song on Love Island last year so like that, you can't deny that so yeah I think that that 
that did help me a lot and it, ga- it gained me a lot of uh, social media and now I don't think most people the people who remember it only are the people who like yeah. it and the people who like all the negatives gone yeah. now so it's only people who've stuck around who actually like the and song so, would yeah. you do would you search yourself again on twitter or is that a <laughs> um do you know what i i i'd already learned not to search yeah. myself I don't, you don't have to put this in but it's just a little like a fun thing i used to search myself after every busk um if i used to busk on the tube yeah, me too. i used to search i used to search busker, busker like piccadilly circus or whatever yeah. I stopped doing that because people don't tag you for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. I remember once somebody like, like had posted saying, oh, there's a busker at Southwark playing fight song by Rachel Platten and then a sick emoji. (laughs) And I was like, do they not like the song? Do they not? Like I remember, I remember that. No, yeah, it was me. I I love playing fight song by uh, like Rachel Platten. And I was like, do you not like fight song? Do you not like me? What's like, what's the sick emoji referring to? I wanted to tweet them being like, hi, could you just clarify? And I thought, no. Did (laughs) you mean to do a love heart eye emoji? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your fave. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I just learned that like, yeah, like don't don't search yourself because people would tag you if they want you to I know. know. <laughs> I still do though. I I mean even because um, your Miss Brightside was before I got played. I'm pretty sure, and I remember then one of my songs getting played, and I was like <laughs> searching anyone any <laughs> Love Island <laughs> song. <laughs> nothing and I was like I don't know what's what's better to be honest I just mentioned before how you are one of the most hard-working musicians I know like seriously you make me feel really lazy um (laughs) I'm sorry about that it's okay how do you how do you stay motivated how because self being a self-employed musician not just busking like sometimes you've got to get up and there's nothing to to do there's nowhere to go but you still have to do stuff so yeah how do you stay motivated um that's a great question I don't know <laughs> um brilliant <laughs> I think um, <laughs> um so I'm gonna say what I think the answer is but maybe I might need to skip to cut this down um when I left university and I was kind of going and doing music out just out out of university um I didn't think I wanted to be a musician I actually did an English degree so I was kind of doing music and it was almost like I did I felt like I wasn't really allowed and I wasn't supposed to be doing it Mm. so in order to justify me doing it I tried to make it as much like a full-time job as possible yeah so I tried to clock 40 hours a week um of doing something music related if it's gigging if it's answering emails it's like sitting at my desk I have to clock that time so I clock try and clock 40 hours of work a week and um and that's kind of how I keep myself motivated because I'm like I I sort of have a target to hit of 40 hours and like obviously in that time I can I can you know I can doss about a little bit and I'm you know I admit but in general the fact that I have a sort of try to hold myself (laughs) I try and hold myself accountable to that time and clocking in that time every week it kind of um it kind of helps me to stay motivated uh and uh yeah is that a really like dorky answer (laughs) it's really dorky no I've never really yeah, I've never really thought about clocking. I wish, yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. Especially because I guess being a musician is weird. So actually being on Instagram posting or posting a TikTok is technically work. Well, no one's paying me for it, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I, don't, yeah. I guess I, I could spend like two hours doing a TikTok video and I wouldn't think about that as 
work per se so maybe mm. to kind of clock hours is yeah is, I do I would clock that as, as hours like because it's technically marketing so I, I kind of like obviously as a musician you are you are playing every single role in your company so you're the performer you're the accountant you're the marketing exec you're every you know you're all of those things so like I, I feel like doing a two hour TikTok, that's like two hours of your of your work time. So yeah, I would I would kind of clock that time. And I, I know that sounds really uh, rigid, but I think because music is so, like, as you say, it's so unpredictable and, and with the music job, you just don't know what you're gonna be doing day to day. Mm-hmm. I try to make it a little bit more structured and that is kind of how I keep myself on track. Great. I, I, you know, I wish that I could say I stay motivated because I just love it so much. And like my passion is just music and it is, Yeah. but I know that in order to make a living from it, I need to have structure and I need to, uh, I need to like treat it like a job. Yeah. So I try and take it as seriously as possible. So I know that's incredibly boring. No. But, yeah, I just, I always just try answer. and, uh, yeah, I try and create structure for myself. Great. And that makes it easier to uh, to motivate myself and get up each day. What time do you I've get got... up in the morning? I don't get up early, I must admit. I, uh, I you know, there was a time where I thought I was going to be the sort of person that gets up at 7am every no. morning. No, not for me. And you know, music, music, you're often gigging late. I mean, I'm, I don't, I wasn't last night, but I still didn't get up till not long before we started this interview. <laughs> <laughs> which was 10 o'clock for listeners yeah <laughs> I, uh, I don't get up super early but but with I mean with busking in areas where you're queuing you need to get in fairly early anyway like mm. in the summer you need to be in by 10 half 10 if not earlier than that half nine some buskers get in to queue so yeah if you you know in, in general if it, you do have to kind of hold yourself to a to a certain schedule as mm. a busker so yeah that's kind of how I stay motivated but I don't know if that's quite answers your question no that's great perfect yeah Last question, and you know it's coming. I'm excited <laughs> for your answer. Really hope you've prepared. I have, but I hope it's I hope it's acceptable. Okay, go, go on. Okay. As the title of this podcast is Music Industry Secrets Spilled, Charlotte Campbell, what is your music industry secret? Okay, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot because I, I love this podcast. I've Thank been listening you. to it a lot. And I've been thinking what I can bring to it because I don't consider myself very industry because I'm a, I'm a busker and I feel a, a lot of my choices have kind of been outside of the industry almost mm. in, in what I'm doing. So I would say the advice that I have is, is that... Um, obviously it, they say that it's who you know and not what you know and I, I think that's so incredibly true yes. it is it is true and it's often not even about talent unfortunately it is more about who you know and that can sound like oh well then I don't know anyone so I, I'm not going to get anywhere but I, I just think actually it's it's all about who you you can make yourself know people and you can make yourself known to people by as we talked about earlier just being friendly and kind of putting yourself in positions where you can meet people and connect with the right people and Lucy you're really good at that kind of connecting with people and going out going out to gigs and meeting people Mm. going and meeting the artists that you admire and reaching out to them and like it is definitely who you know but you don't necessarily need to know them right now but just make sure that you're going out and knowing them like and not just relying on your own talent to get you places because it it, unfortunately it won't (laughs) And, and actually it's really important that you that you know people who can help you but like you don't necessarily need to already know them that's so true that's I like that a lot because yeah Yeah, it it is that secret that people know but again I mean I've heard that a million times oh it's who you know and and I've gone the same kind of thing like oh I don't know anyone but now I do like a few years a few years on now I know all these people and it's just kind of exactly get yourself out there go to gigs talk to people even though it's scary Mm. 
go up to someone at a gig and be like, oh, I really liked your, I really liked your set, but maybe don't be, I don't know. Pushy. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if you've ever had this from the other side where someone's come up to you after a gig or especially in a gig setting rather than busking, I think. And they're like, oh, hey, um, I'm a musician. And I'm like, Okay, but this Brilliant. isn't about you. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe like don't open with that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think that a lot that is a mistake. I think a lot of people make, and I get it a lot as well. With when I'm busking, people will just come up and be like, "Can I play a song?" Because I play as well. And it's like, mm, it's not really the way to yeah. go about it. I'd say like, yeah, like genuinely, you need to know that person. They don't need to know you as a musician. Like the the most of the things that people will think of you for for a gig or for an opportunity they don't immediately usually think of actually of people's music but more about how that person is as a person and whether they like them so you need to like introduce yourself and and as yourself not as your music identity I think a lot of the time so bring out your own personality and who you are rather than taking the music as the first foot forward I think unfortunately you know it should be the talent and music that gets you places but lots of people like yeah it is both Mm -hmm. yeah and like I think a lot of people play music and a lot of people are talented so I think getting to know people on a more personal level is is the way to go and and uh, it it will create more opportunities for you amazing oh thank you so much for coming on you've been amazing um for people listening where can they find you um where can they find your music and social media and everything i am on on everything i'm on uh, instagram tiktok uh facebook twitter youtube and it's all c campbell music Mm-hmm. And you can search Charlotte Campbell and you'll find my Spotify with my cover of Mr. Brightside and many of my original songs as well. Thank you so much, Charlotte Campbell. Thank you for having me. Woohoo! All right. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on. And if you made it to the end of that episode, thank you so much for listening. I knew Charlotte would be one of the best guests ever to have on. She has such a wise head on her shoulders and has all of this knowledge, um, not only about busking, but, you know, what she said about staying motivated. I actually don't think a lot of self-employed musicians have that same mindset, but it just seems to come so naturally to her that she probably doesn't even realise how good the advice she uh, she's giving is. Um, so yeah, huge, huge thank you to Charlotte Campbell for coming on the podcast. Make sure you go and listen to her um, on streaming platforms. She has a vinyl album coming out very soon. Um, yeah, really exciting stuff happening for Charlotte. I will see you next Monday. So tune in for a brand new episode with another fabulous music industry guest. Until then, love you, bye! Thank <laughs> you.